Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. I'm so delighted that you are here to listen. Today I bring special guest Lindsay Eastburn. And Lindsay is the founder of hypnofertility.com. One of the links on her website mentions, have you been longing for a baby but unable to have one? Have you been trying to conceive for what seems like forever but still haven't had your baby? Have you suffered miscarriages or experienced failed IUIs or IVF? Has medical treatment been able to help you or you just want to conceive naturally? Have you been diagnosed with, quote, unexplained, in quote, infertility? And so with that being said, Lindsay has created hypnofertility and I'm getting ready to have a conversation with her and I'm excited. I mean, this is a subject that I need to learn more about, and hopefully you as a listener will gain some insight and value, and if you know having children is not something that you're interested in right now, you might have a friend or a family member that is. And part of my goal here is to go far and wide and cover all the bases. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and please remember to check out uh, her website, at hypnofertility.com, spelled H-Y-P-N-O-F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y.com, and you'll see the link in the description below. I'm so happy to have Lindsay Eastburn here today. And Lindsay, you're, you have a website called hypnofertility.com, and I'm really excited to talk about your new book. And But just to get started, and so all of our listeners have a chance to get to know you, can you Explain to me what your method called Three Keys Hypnofertility is. Yeah. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having me on today. Nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, hypnofertility. So basically, or Three Keys Hypnofertility is actually um, how I use it these days, how I distinguish it from what's become kind of a generic word for hypnofertility. Um, when I started working with this, so I am, I am a hypnotherapist and uh, I've been in the healing arts for a long, long time. And uh, in general private practice, I started uh, encountering women who were trying to get pregnant. And hypnosis wasn't known for helping with fertility at that time. And this was back in, um, well, it was probably 20 some odd years ago at any rate. And so hypnosis was really helpful and people knew that it was uh, it was well-known for childbirth and other things like weight loss and smoking, but not for fertility. And so what happened was people started coming in uh, for one reason or another that ended up being fertility connected, and I was able to help them. And even those who were uh, given a diagnosis of 0%, 0% chance of ever getting pregnant were ending up getting pregnant naturally working with me. Wow. So kind of long story short, um, I ended up developing a method because there wasn't anything out there and I called it hypnofertility. And then uh, just over the last few years, I have given it its own uh, kind of 
designation of three keys hypnofertility. And that three keys is based on uh, three keys to conception that I received in meditation about 27, 28 years ago. Nice. So while you're in a state of meditation, you mean this came to you or is that how you're explaining it? Yeah. Can you, yes. can you give me a little insight into what that was like or how that Absolutely. came about? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, now it gets kind of spiritual spirit baby type of stuff. Um, I cool. started out kind of working with the art and science of hypnosis, so to speak. And then also I've always, always been connected with, um, you know, spirit or mind, body, spirit balance. I am, um, an intuitive empath. And, uh, so years ago, I was only supposed to have one child and many, many years ago. So he's 27 now going, you know, be 28, not that long from now. Uh, he came to me as a spirit baby and said, hi, I'm coming to you. You need to have me make arrangements kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, okay, um, I've always been open to this type of thing. But at that time I was like, wow, this is something he sent me his name. And so I did have to make some, um, significant changes and I was able to welcome him into the world. So what happened was I ended up in a in a class that was basically um it was healing arts sort of a it was a crystal enhancement class it was learning crystals it was meditation it was um you know various uh very spiritual things like that and we did an exercise to meet our guide to meet a spirit guide. Mm. And so I did that exercise. And then at the time we would do it in class and then we practice at home uh, with cassettes, if you can believe it. And uh, we used automatic writing to tune into the spirit guide. So lots of people were getting a lot of different things with their automatic writing. Well, my guide showed up who is an infinity symbol basically. So I got a symbol and then um, I got one word and I kept getting this one word and the word was meditate. And so day after day, week after week, I'm, I'm practicing with my meditation and I'm, I'm working on connecting with my guide and I'm getting this word, meditate, meditate, meditate. Mm. Like, okay. So I'm like, can I have something else now? Um, what else? Can I have some more words? And um, so eventually I did get another word, which was listen. And so then I would, I would get that every day. And so I would do my meditations and I'd get meditate and listen. And then listen was the focus for a while. And then after you know, another few weeks, I got the word trust. Mm. And that's all I got. Meditate, listen, trust. Well, this was prior to me trying to conceive this child who showed up and told me that he was coming into the world. And so I began to basically, I was applying that because as I was meditating, or as I was tuning in, I was becoming clearer, I was obviously becoming calmer, and my, you know, just nervous system was much more balanced. Yeah. And I was creating that balance of mind, body, spirit, and I was able to listen, I was able to hear directions or instructions, uh, or just the, that knowingness. I mean, it really enhanced that, in, you know, my intuition, um, all, all of that type of thing. And then the trust was to trust it. You know what you're getting. Like this baby that I'm not supposed to have shows up. Trust it, mm, right? Yeah, you, you got yep. him. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And and you, and your son is how old now? He's 27. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
he's the musician that uh, got me all set up with <laughs> my podcast equipment. It sounds really good, by the way. I'm so happy you did that for you. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's a good guy, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just so interesting. And then when I talk about, so Meditate, Listen, Trust, basically, even as I did my hypnotherapy training, as I worked with Reiki and other modalities, it really is the crux of that. And I realized that this was, or I got in meditation, sort of this knowing that this is the three keys to conception, right? Meditate, listen, trust, no matter what else is going on. If you, if you can utilize these, it just helps on so many levels. And then I was kind of thinking about it. And I go, you know, that's really the three keys to life. It's not just the three keys to conception. However, it is totally the crux of the program or the work that I do and meditate doesn't necessarily literally mean meditate. So it can be Mm. obviously hypnosis since that's what I do. Uh, It can also be like just being quiet, going into the quiet. It can be walking in nature. It can be doing yoga. It can be doing, you know, body work or any type of self-care really at a time when you just shut off, you know, shut off the phone, shut off the screens, the TV, the whole thing. And even if it's just for a minute or two minutes a day, but just have some quiet and people tend to not do that. And it's gotten worse, Mm. you know, since before Mm. my son was conceived, because now we have all this technology and phones and, and uh, a lot of people, they want noise all the time. So it'll be the TVs in the background or the radios in the background, or which is fine if you're paying attention to it, but to not be able, like I like to, when I get up in the morning, I don't want to hear anything. And I want to get my tea yeah. and I want to just, you know, talk to my dogs and that's kind of it, but I don't want any noise yep. going on. But a lot of people are kind of averse to that. They really do need to have background all the time. That's a great point. Um, what, what I really like about the serendipity of having the chance to speak with you is I had someone come in for, I practiced time massage and she came in for time massage and she said that the only way I was able to get pregnant Uh, was that I started getting Thai massage and I guess I relaxed my nervous system enough that I was able to have a baby. And that was the first time I'd heard someone say that to me personally. And so then not long after, when I was able to get in contact with you, I thought that this would be a really, it's really quite fascinating. And I'm really excited to hear different stories that you've probably seen with your clients where what they've tried everything because uh, I know there's a lot of different fertility treatments out there. Can you explain to me what some of them are or what people come to you with that are have tried everything approach? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And a lot of times with hypnosis in general, we can often be the last resort mm. for people. And the great thing is it's still effective and it doesn't, you don't have to believe in it. Um, A lot of times people just say, I've tried everything and I'm going to come to hypnosis, which is really how this kind of got kicked off was people thinking, well, what if hypnosis would help? Mm. And um, so people may be going through medical treatment, which can be quite costly and uh, it's very invasive. And a lot of, so in vitro fertilization, for example, they have to take a lot of injections and hormones and it's really hard emotionally. Um, it requires like a full-time job. People have to be at the clinic so often. And uh, a lot of times, I don't know if I, well, I probably would lean toward most times. Many times it does not work on the first round. 
And so they have to end up going through it again. And, and sometimes people have done eight or nine cycles of, hip, of um, sorry, of IVF before they come to see me. Mm. And that was how it was early on was people were, so they didn't have the technology they do now. And people were getting these, um, they're either being told you're not a candidate for IVF or any of these uh, types of treatments, go home and come to terms with being child childless or adopt. And instead, I was having these folks, they would come in and say, I believe that there's a baby there. I feel it. I just know it. I know there's a baby there. And I always could sense into that. And so I'd say, yeah, I believe you. Let's work with that. And either their numbers, you know, their, their various numbers that the clinics were looking at would shift and allow them to be able to have treatment, or they were getting pregnant naturally, despite, you know, having, having a really, um, mm. you know, difficult diagnosis or difficult journey along that way. Gotcha. Can you explain to me how hypnosis works? I have had hypnosis before and I found it to be a really profound experience. So I am a believer in it. Um, but for maybe those that are listening that need the science behind it, can you explain how hypnotherapy works? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that can be actually a really long subject because there are a lot of definitions of hypnosis, but it it is multifaceted. It does work on many levels. And part of that is that balance of mind, body, spirit. It's that balance of the autonomic nervous system. So we spend so much time in fight or flight and, you know, just the way contemporary society is, the way our world is, we have a lot of stress and there's a lot of fear right now that's going on, a lot of anger. And that's definitely triggering that um, fight or flight. And hypnosis is basically the antithesis of stress. So it can help very rapidly to counter that fight or flight and help the person get into the rest and digest or feed and breed, as that's often called. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really funny because you ask anyone, have you heard of fight or flight? And they'll say yes. But you ask them if they've heard of feed and breed or rest and digest, and unless they're in our field type of thing, they'll say they'll typically say no. And yet that's where we should be more often. So it's certainly excellent for helping with any kind of stress or anxiety. Mm -hmm. People that are struggling with infertility often can't relax. And most of my clients, if not all, are self-proclaimed um, type A personalities or they or some variation of that uh, overachiever. Uh, sometimes they call themselves like a control freak. Um, but, you know, that that kind of, I put my mind to something, I get it done, and you can't left brain a baby. You can't just decide you're going to, I mean, it should work. It should. It should be have unprotected sex, get pregnant, and that's that. But it doesn't work that way necessarily. And a lot of things going on like blocks in our mind or stress or other issues can impede fertility. So that's part of what the hypnosis helps to work with, but also this relaxation. And the more someone's struggling, the more people are telling them to relax and the more stress they get because telling somebody to just relax is like telling an insomniac, just go to sleep. It's like, well, yeah, good point. why didn't I think of that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, or just adopt and, you know, adopting is not an easy thing. And yes, there's lots of stories about women who, couldn't get pregnant, adopted, and then got pregnant at the same time. There is definitely something to that, but it's not 
something you can necessarily make happen because again, it comes down to like a um, left brain. Yes. People do go on vacation and get pregnant. Yes. They do have a glass of wine and end up getting pregnant, but really what ends up happening is, is a surrender. Mm. And I call it the balance of intention and surrender. But if there's no surrender, there's still a forcing type of energy going on. And of course you don't want to, when I say surrender, I don't mean give up or quit. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, intention and surrender. Sorry. I said that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always say the Buddha has it down, right? Just, you know, <laughs> kind of let go, right? Um, and, and it's hard to be told that or to hear that. And a hypnosis can help bypass the critical part of the mind to help that intention surrender balance. So it's basically, I want to have a baby. These are the things I'm going to do. Mm. I'm going to do medical treatment or I'm going to do acupuncture. Or I'm going to go to Thai massage or whatever it is that they choose. And then it's to let go in the sense of allowing and being present with those modalities or any kind of self-care. And then it's like you get out of your own way and the baby comes through. But it's hard mm. to do that consciously. So hypnosis helps to bypass that, what we call the critical faculty of the conscious mind, the parts that's always trying to control everything, and then get us into a state of receptivity. We need to receive a baby, we we can't force them to happen. Mm. So that's where the um, that's how hypnosis can really help. And people may build the subconscious mind is protective, and people may end up with blocks, mm. and they don't know that they have them. If the conscious and subconscious minds are on on a different page, then the subconscious may be blocking it, no matter how much the conscious mind wants it. And those blocks are sometimes um, it can be a fear maybe a fear of childbirth or a fear of how children having children will change a person's life. But it may be something that, you know, kicks back to their childhood or they may have been responsible for raising all their younger siblings. Mm. Mother issues come up quite a bit. Um, if mother hasn't done her work, um, you know, and then she projects it onto the child, especially females, like, you know, women yeah, yeah. tend to really have that projection from their mothers. And so the subconscious being protective can put in a block. And then it's like, okay, well, you are protecting me in a sense, but at the same time, you're causing me a problem because I really want to have a baby. Does mm, that make sense? It does. It does. It's that fine balance. Yeah. It is so much about balance. And um, like, that's all I, I pretty much talk about. It's like balance. It is balance of mind, body, spirit is balance of intention and surrender. It is, you know, the, the intention surrender is that letting go, letting God, if you want to use that term, but it is, it is, um, it is that yin yang balance. Yep. Yep. It is that internal masculine and feminine, which we all have. That is not to say man, woman, but to talk about that internal energy that we have and, and we associate you know, certain traits to the masculine energy and certain traits to the feminine, but we all have both. But a lot of times my clients will be off balance toward the masculine energy because they're professionals. Mm. So they've been, you know, they, they wanted to go to, let's say Harvard, they went to Harvard, you know, they got, they made it happen. They wanted a certain job. They got it a certain career. They had plans for, I'm going to be doing this at this point, And then I'll be, you know, and they did it. Step by step by step, they just knocked it out, knocked it out, knocked it out. Um, but that's that takes that masculine 
trait. That's what they, we consider. And I really don't mean this as man, woman, right? Yeah. Some people, I, 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 understand you know, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. People in our world get that, right? So. Yes. Everybody can be a, like, we're, we're inclusive of everyone here. So even though we're using the male, female exactly. terminology, obviously, if right. two men are going to have a child and utilize someone to help them and or two women, like yeah. it's all kind of, we're still talking the same language. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And every one of us has a masculine feminine, um, you know, within us and yeah. we need to have that balance. It's some of the traits are, are, you know, assigned to like women are supposed to be nurturing and men are supposed to be, you know, protective or, or, you know, aggressive. And a lot of times we, we pull to that aggressiveness when we're trying to accomplish things. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, it may not necessarily be full out aggression, but you know, it's more, um, you know, the hard soft, right. The female aspect is considered soft and the masculine energy, the hard energy, but that's where that yin yang comes in. We've got each and then a splash of the other within, right. There should, we have both. And so it doesn't have anything to do with you know, whether we're a, a man or a woman or however we identify, but what it is, is, is that within, within us, that, that balance. And so women will tend to be leaning toward activating, I guess you could say more of their masculine qualities. So receptivity goes under the feminine energy and, and being directive, you know, um, that's going to be more of the masculine energy. And so part of that is, is, that needs to be balanced as well. That's interesting. When I had, a, so in different cultures, there's goddesses of fertility and, you know, there was, you know, rituals and or prayers that were around, um, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, please let fertility be something easy and natural for me. And then obviously we have a very strong science community as well that, um, might look at the prayer toward fertility as a futile attempt. It sounds to me like you're pretty balanced in between those two worlds as well. Do you, do you, do you have a hard time navigating that balance between the science and the spiritual or is that, do you think it's imperative that, that there's a balance there? Oh, it, it absolutely is essential. Early on, I, I had a little bit of difficulty, but that was because I was overthinking it. So I was in my left brain and, uh, but I work with clinics, you know, I work with um, reproductive endocrinologists and I also work this, you know, in the spiritual side of it. And I walk both the worlds and they need to be walked. We have separated ourselves out. So we are a mind, a body and a spirit. So we have our, you know, our church, we have our doctor, we, we have, you know, um, my body's bare. Uh, we have our, you know, psychologist. I had to think what the third one was. <laughs> so we're separated no out. We're going for our, you know, mental health care, our physical care, and we're going for our spirituality. And we are one. So we need to have all of that. And it doesn't have to be a person, doesn't have to be religious or spiritual per se, but there is that aspect of what I call the mystery or the unknown. And even with the medical world, I mean, they, there's about a 25% diagnosis of unexplained infertility, mm. which I find that, you know, responds very well to hypnosis because if they can't find something wrong, it's likely that there's something mental, emotional yeah. that's happening that we can um, bypass or clear a blockage for. Interesting. What are the statistics 
for fertility and or infertility now? Like, is there a base number? Uh, is, is infertility increasing? Is, um, is it harder? Is it becoming harder and harder? Are we about the same? What are, I don't have any pulse on that. Can you, do you have any idea where that's at right now? Yeah, it's definitely increasing. And I believe it's like one in six um, at this point have difficulty conceiving. And that is married couples. So it's interesting where the, where some of the information comes from, because they're not including single women getting pregnant on their own. They're not including same-sex couples. They're not including people who are, you know, partners and not you know, mm. actually legally married. Interesting. So the numbers can be very skewed, mm. but there's certainly a lot. I think it's about 3% that will get actually get some assistance that will be able to, or go through medical care for it. Yeah. It's very high. And there's a lot of, a lot of contributors. One is definitely people are waiting till longer to get pregnant. And they talk about old eggs. They talk about, you know, reduced, um, ovarian reserve, you know, that they just, their eggs, they don't have enough or they're old, that kind of thing. And they talk about you're being, you know, a geriatric mother at age 35 Mm. or over. Yeah. And to me that a lot of that is hypnosis because we hear things, we, anything that's emotional that stresses us, that naturally impacts the subconscious mind. And so we will respond to things that are fear-based things that are, um, bring up a lot of emotion. A lot of times somebody will go to a doctor. It's interesting. People will ask permission these days to get pregnant. And, you know, years ago they would just stop taking their birth control and see what happened and then go to a doctor if they felt like they needed to. But now a lot of people will go to the doctor first and the doctor will run a lot of tests and then, well, it's going to be more likely something's going to come up if we're looking for it. Right. And so then they may get a, um, a diagnosis that is shocking because they're expecting the doctor to say, okay, go ahead. You're good to go. Mm. And then the doctor may say, oh, you have um, a low ovarian reserve. You really need to do donor eggs. And that's a really big jump from thinking they're going to get pregnant naturally to (laughs) we've already bypassed, you know, IUI, IVF, and we're now at donor. Um, And so that will shock, startle somebody, which bypasses a critical faculty of the mind as well. Mm. And that can put in a suggestion that's an, that becomes an imprint. And so now the, the minds are, you know, basically working against each other, if that makes sense. It does. You're right. I mean, I can, I can imagine any scenario where you, you think you're fine and then you're told, no, you're not fine. And yeah, that creates a sense of panic, which would work against the whole process to begin with. But yeah. I, I hear you. That's, that's interesting. What are the, I don't know if you've kept statistic track, but I'm curious out of the amount of people that have come to you, how many of them have had success versus those that you've had to that, that were unsuccessful in their attempt well, one thing with that is the way I look at it is the baby is the icing on the cake. So by the time people get to me, they've kind of lost control of their lives or they're they're in crisis at some level. And all they think about is, you know, am I ovulating? Do I have enough cer- cervical mucus? You know, uh, is my husband going to be home from his trip? 
Uh, are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? Constantly. And they never have a conversation. It, it just comes down with their partner, assuming they have one or with their friends or family. And then relationships can really, mm-hmm. um, it can really suffer, you know, um, Sorry, my my train of thought. Sometimes so many things come to me at once that it's like, okay, it's okay. wait, I have to filter. <laughs> Don't filter, worry. <laughs> filter those out, right? Um totally cool. I well that on that note, that got my mind thinking that obviously there's a huge balance between, you know, if if one partner is ready and the other isn't, to get both partners on the same page and um not feeling guilt or feeling like they're not worthy enough or whatever is coming up that that's right. obviously a huge challenge as well. Just in relation to what you said about, you know, is my, is my partner off at work right. and are the timings of timing and all be right. But I mean, if all the timing is right and one of the part, one of the parties is not really excited about the idea or there's right. gotta be so many factors. Well, that's it. And they can become, you know, sex becomes a chore or, you know, people are having to perform on demand, which can cause, you know, other issues in the relationship. And, you know, uh, men can have difficulty sometimes, you know, they're, I'm supposed to perform right now. And, you know, it, it just becomes so much pressure. Mm. And so that was kind of the, yeah, the first thing I, I was thinking in terms of when I help people, it's to get their life back and be able to have a conversation with somebody, be able to forget that they're trying to conceive because they can become obsessed with that. Of course, um, there is, you know, that biological clock that we hear about it. um, I call it the balance of biology and destiny as well, because, you know, we are designed as human beings to procreate for the survival of the species. So we do have that. And then there's that, that desire to have a baby. There's, there's that um, emotional, spiritual connection to having a baby that is going on as well. So, so that is a piece that can get, you know, out of order. Like there's a, and then there's that really strong, it's like a time crunch, right? So that's mm. bothering them. So yeah. of course, it's going to be something a person will, can get a little bit obsessed with. Then if they they may lose their support groups or, or their support people. And so I end up helping support that too and helping them to get their confidence back and to feel better about themselves and be able to balance that intention and surrender. So that to me is, is huge because... By the time you bring the baby into the world, if you if you are an absolute mess, then it puts it all onto the baby. And a little baby is not going to be able to resolve all the things that can build up during the infertility struggle. So that's why I really put emphasis on that, that that is huge. Then from there, that's where the baby's the icing on the cake. It's like, okay, um, I'm in a space now where I can bring this <laughs> child in or these children in. And um, it's just it's just fascinating to me how things need to clear. But it's it is hard if people want like an absolute number because mm. you don't get pregnant necessarily right in my office. Now that could happen. The the little embryo could be implanting at that time. But as I help people get their lives back, things can shift. They may go from I want to conceive naturally and that's it. Now okay, I'm going to try an insemination or I'm going to try in vitro. And so that's a level of success that has to happen next, right? It's mm, not yeah. it's not necessarily a magic wand, though it can sometimes seem that way. Yeah. And um, you know, recently someone 
decided to use donor eggs and she was just resistant to it for the longest time. Sometimes they're still working with me when that comes to be. And sometimes they've done work with me. And then it's like you go out into the world and you sort of, um, all of that comes together. You know, sometimes that takes a little bit of time and then they come to a decision on their own and then they do get pregnant. And so to me, I feel like the part of getting their lives back or being able, so I'm never going to tell somebody if they say I'm absolutely not going to do donor eggs, I don't say, well, you might consider it. I start from wherever they are and support that. Mm. And so, um, and it, it just does fascinate me. However, somebody was asking me about statistics and just out of curiosity at the beginning of this year, what year are we on? 2022. So I looked over 2021. <laughs> yeah. I know I lose track. <laughs> what year is it? I know. Isn't it? Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. How old am Ever? I now? No. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my yeah. God. My kids having, my oldest one's having a, a child and I'm like, wait a minute. No, oh, wow. What, what happened to me? How old yeah. am I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's really funny, but, um, with the time, but anyway, yeah, I decided I'm going to look back over my clients for 2021 just to see. Mm. And I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it was 75%, um, who were pregnant or there was probably one or two that sometimes they just come to me because they're going to freeze their eggs mm. and maybe they haven't been getting, you know, enough eggs. So, but they got their success and most, in most cases was the baby. Sometimes it was the eggs. And then it was, so my number 22%, I believe was still in progress. So they had been, um, still were maybe started in 2021 and we're still with me in 2022. So sometimes that'll roll over. Um, and sometimes people will have some delays and so they will, you know, have some cycles might be canceled or different things or they're what, for whatever reason. And then the, the other, th I guess it would be three, um, were just unknown. Mm. I just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So, yeah. That is, that is actually really good. Considering That's amazing. That yeah, that IVF is like, you know, roughly, it depends on, they have all sorts of different numbers because it depends on so many things, which I'm not looking for those criteria. Mm. So they're looking at age and, you know, just so many different things that might be going on with the person. So 30% roughly, maybe up to 50%. And the other thing is I don't, I, I you know, I work with whatever someone has going on. So I'm not taking someone as an ideal client or not an ideal client. A lot of my clients are in their mid to late forties, even in their early fifties. And that is not something that's, you know, that common in terms of people aren't looking at that as a, as a positive thing, mm. except I am. It doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. to me because it's so much of that mind aspect, right? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. You're not putting any sort of judgments on should someone be having a baby at this age or that age? You're just, if someone's coming to you, you're open to working with them wherever they're at. That makes, that makes perfect sense. That's something that's challenging to do as a professional to mm -hmm. remain unbiased and, and to just open the door. And also it sounds pretty cool too, in the sense that even if someone were to come to you and be seeking some sort of assistance and then maybe just through the process of hypnotherapy that even if it doesn't mean all of a sudden they become pregnant, but we're able to work through some other challenges that might've been going on that makes life feel a little lighter, happier, 
um, that that process in alone and of itself might be the whole mission of them coming to you, or it might be what is really needed more than just maybe falling pregnant. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. To be able to, and a lot of times it's career. So if you think in terms of chakras, you've got that second chakra, you've got fertility and you've got, um, you know, career or creation, right? Sometimes people need to write a book or they need to shift and that has to happen before the baby comes through. Mm. So sometimes it's a matter of, I, I'm amazed at how many people that I work with want to change something in their career or maybe want to add something a little more spiritual. I had a, an attorney at one point who was just so drawn to bring in yoga and she went and did a training, um, teacher training. And then she became, you know, she was an attorney and doing her yoga. And then her first one came through with the IVF and then the next two, um, yeah, they just came through. Mm. And so sometimes it's a matter of, you know, there's maybe some kind of imbalance, right? That word balance keeps coming up. Um, Sometimes there's a denseness maybe in our energy or in our field, depending on what might be going on for us. And so that is that cleanse and that clear. So I really don't like to go by numbers per se, but just for fun, I did, I I was, I just thought I would check and just kind of look over that. And I was pretty amazed, I I will say. Right. Yeah. You were surprised. (laughs) Yeah. But then the way that I do things too, is I work with my intuition. I, you know, do, I am in tune with energy and I'm really focused on the client. So I don't have an agenda. I don't have an idea. So some, someone might come to me and say, I'm, you know, I want to get pregnant. And then somewhere throughout, I'm not even sure I want to get pregnant. That's not a problem. Yeah. That is yeah. something to deal with. Yeah. That's something yeah. to work with and and to use hypnosis to help the person. You know, that's this is that meditate, listen, trust piece, right? They're using the hypnosis and um or going into that quiet where they can listen or hear. Now, sometimes somebody decides they they don't want to have children or they decide there's something wrong with their relationship. Or they something else needs to be dealt with. Mm. And and that can definitely happen. People are sometimes afraid to hear that because that's not the outcome that they want. But that that doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's rare for one thing, but also if we're if we're keeping everything kind of bottled up and cluttered up in the mind, then that doesn't that doesn't clear away to pregnancy either. That makes sense. Have you had a situation where a man was told that he's infertile, but then um, that was not true? You uh, know, no, absolutely. Because I, I would imagine, like, if I if I went and and I was told, you know, you're incapable of having children, so therefore I just write it off, like, all right, something must be wrong with me, and then I go and I do some th- some hypothe- hypnotherapy and or something shifts and changes where then all of a sudden it, that it's not an issue. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. And one thing is with, you know, stress can really impact the sperm. It also can impact eggs, but it can impact the sperm so that um, a person ends up with a, you know, a low sperm count or they have other issues that happen. And uh, men, a lot of times they're fixers or they tend to be fixers. And so they're really, struggling watching because it is, especially if medical treatments going on, they don't have a lot of a part in that. Whereas 
women are undergoing, you know, all of this medication and all of these procedures and so forth. So that can stress them out Mm. and have an effect. Now, subconscious blocks, men respond. So abortion can be a subconscious block where someone is, is uh, maybe punishing themselves for an abortion. And even when they think, you know, it was the right thing and it needed to happen at that time. And, you know, I have no judgment there. There's just so much more to that than I think people even realize, but there can be something going on. And with men, they can be really traumatized by being involved, perhaps where a partner, you know, had an abortion and didn't tell them or told them Mm. afterward or, Mm. and they can feel really, you know, they have a lot of feelings about that. They might feel upset. They might feel angry. They might feel, um, you know, whatever that might be. And that can cause a block for them. That makes sense. And that can be impacting even their relationship, um, which they wouldn't realize. And that would be at the subconscious level and the subconscious mind trying to protect them. And so being able to clear that can make a huge difference. And, um, you know, things that have gone on in past relationships or things that they're struggling with, which could be career, because again, you've got that same chakra. So there's the energetic aspect to all of this. And there's when people talk about psychosomatic you know, illness, I say in quotes, the word illness. Um, But when people talk about that, it doesn't mean it's not real. Mm -hmm. If someone has, you know, maybe they're, it's happening because of something that's in the mind, but it's happening. And so to be able to release something at that mental, emotional level can create a huge change in the physical body. And a lot of times doctors will send people to me when what should have worked doesn't. And sometimes it'll be over and over. And it's like, well, this, there's no reason that this isn't working. I mean, this should, this should absolutely work. And so that's at the point where it's like, okay, you better go see Lindsay and see what this, something's got to be going on. And it can make such, such a huge difference. So I don't tend to work with men as much just in that women tend to take responsibility, even when it is male factor. So they'll do, you know, the research, they'll make a lot of the decisions or bring the information to the partner to talk about. And a lot of times men will go sort of where they're, they're told, you know, um, their partner will say, well, get these supplements or go to this acupuncturist, or I want you to do some hypnosis, or I want you to do, um, you know, some kind of body work, whatever that's going to be. And, um, but sometimes they like to be in, you know, in all the sessions, a couple Mm. will do the sessions together. That's cool. So, it really does depend, but I find, you know, for women in this field, it is, you know, invasive really energetically, as well as, you know, if they're doing medical treatment, Mm. it can be extremely um, invasive for them. And so also things are really fast. It's like a revolving door, especially in these huge medical clinics. So no one has time to listen to them. Mm. And that's one of the things that I do is listen. So when I'm talking to someone, and usually I don't talk much, like I ask what's going on and then they'll tell me a whole bunch of things. And then, uh, and that's what I do because in a sense that is, there's so much that person's like stuffed up beyond the top of their head, you know, they're just overstuffed and there isn't even any room for them to do anything else until they can let some of this out. So that's part of the hypnosis as well. And then being able to shift that and, you know, um, maybe reframe it or just uh, create something totally different, depending on what the client wants. 
That's really cool, Lindsay. You have a great way of explaining it. I appreciate you are very clear about what you're doing. I love it. Can you tell me about your new book release, The Waiting in the Wings, Introducing the Pink Starlights? When I saw the title and the cover, which has a really beautiful looking baby with a smile on its face, um, I definitely thought I got to ask you like how this book came to be and what is it about? And, Isn't and that the cutest baby? It's a very cute baby picture. <laughs> yeah. Makes the baby look very angelic and obviously otherworldly. And like, what a miracle, like to be able to be alive, to usher in life, to take care of life. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a miracle. So I'm curious, uh, what, what is this book about? So this book um, is my third book. And the, the first one that I wrote was basically back when people didn't recognize um, hypnosis as a, you know, a modality or an option for fertility. And then the second one shifted more into that spiritual, it's actually called the three keys to conception and, and really um, kind of delved into that. So the third one so that baby on the front, Valentina, she's one of my babies. And her mom had sent me that picture. And I said, oh, my gosh, can I use that for the book? That's the little <laughs> picture. She says, oh, I can get you all sorts of other ones. But it was that one. It's like, mm. if you look at her, she looks, she just knows. She it's knows an amazing something. picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she knows. She has a secret. And she just knows. And people, I've had people say they put her picture on their, you know, um, screensaver and things like that, just to re remind them, you know, their babies. Mm. But I call these babies the pink starlights at this point. So I've been working with, you know, hypnosis from, you know, the psychological standpoint, but then also as an energy, as an energy work and as a spiritual um, modality as well. And so I've always believed in people's spirit babies. If they said they felt that there was one there, then I always you know, was, was, um, in harmony with that too. And went, and that's where I would work from. Mm. And so I worked with spirit babies, you know, for years and years and I could, I could sense them. And, um, I did start to be able to see them around people. And then eventually they didn't seem to care what anybody called them. They were spirit babies. And you may have heard of other, others like indigo children or crystal babies over the years, but my, but you know, the babies never cared what they were called. They were spirit babies and that was it. But more recently, probably around 2016, I guess it was, they came through and let me know that they were calling themselves the pink starlights, that they were different, that they had a different, a uh, bit of a different purpose. Mm. And the pink is that they are connected with unconditional love. Like that's their energy. That's their essence. Pink like rose quartz, um, you know, pink, various crystals. There's actually a pink star rose quartz, which I did not know until a few days ago, which interestingly somehow came to my attention and has all the qualities that the pink starlights have told me about, which is, it just really was interesting to me because I'd never heard yeah. of it. And that class way back when I got the three keys was a crystal class. And I wasn't actually necessarily wanting to take a crystal class, but I had just moved to a new area and it was the only spiritual class that I could find at the time, which ended up working beautifully. But even taking that class, I'd never seen this particular pink star rose quartz. And it literally has a pink star in mm, it. Nice. It's just fascinating. But these babies decided, you know, that this is our name and it's now your job to get us out there and let people know about us. So that's why it's called waiting in the wings, introducing the pink starlights is that they're really beginning to come through. And so that's the babies. That's the energy I work with these days. And I'll often say the baby's my client 
rather than their mom. So the babies will guide their mothers. The pink starlights will guide their mothers to what they need to do or where they need to go. And typically the moms, the moms or the parents of pink starlights will go through a really difficult time. And I end up calling that an initiation. Initiations are not pleasant, right? Mm. But they need to be these babies. They're coming through to help elevate the vibration of the planet. The planet's a mess. Oh, we can totally um, handle some of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Like what's going on? And that's when they showed up, really, was right about, you know, 2016 and said, Hey, we got a name, and now you're gonna write about us and what's going on. And um it's just so fascinating of of you know how that they, how they're coming through and now they're really coming through in uh, I guess you could say they're flooding in. And they're very attracted to Germany and Japan, interestingly. And I, one of uh, the students that I trained many years ago, she's in Japan, and we kind of joined forces in, I guess, 2019. And she's translated everything and working um, in Japan, and everything is in Japanese, and Germany's really picking up. It seems that pink starlights have certain areas of the earth that they really need to be in that need healing, especially you know, in the US, but other areas as well. But it's really interesting for some reason that they're showing up in Germany and Japan a lot. Huh. What do you think that is? I wonder if it's because those areas were so wounded with, you know, the the big wars that we've had in the past. Mm. And I say that, but then I think, well, so many areas are wounded as well. But there was, I think maybe there's some type of healing that's going on that's concentrated there right now that maybe it's that time mm. for that. So it's, it's really interesting. I do have a global practice. So I work with people all over, but um, Germany has just been really prominent in, and in Japan as well. Interesting. Yeah. Can you, I mean, I, I'm of the nature to think every baby that makes it through right now is a pink starlight child but i'm curious how you could differentiate between one that is on a mission versus just arriving <laughs> as planned i don't know <laughs> like uh, um i mean i i tend to think like every human has some special amazing potential to realize i definitely like to stay open to the fact that there are beings that are human beings that are that realize their potential and create a lot of good in the world like our heroes and our the people that we've looked up to since we were kids and the stories we've heard and from the myths and all that sort of stuff um but i mean and 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 i just want to be respectful and just but i hope my question isn't uh, you know, I just want to be respectful of, of what you're speaking of. And I'm just curious if, um, how you, can you tell a difference here? Like, do you, is that something that you feel when you're holding the baby? Is it something that, um, that is apparent that they're, you know, of this quality that you're speaking of? It's, that's actually a really good question. And it's not to say the pink starlights are any better than any other babies. All babies are love and all babies, every person belongs here for whatever our contribution is to be. The pink starlights 
their focus is to help raise the vibration with this particular vi- uh, vibrational frequency that they have. Mm. And I like to say that, um, well, that they're going to be the people, but then again, we're all going to be the people, but I like to say they're strategically placing themselves. So what really needs to happen is, is these, we need, these babies need access to education if they want to have that to um, people, you know, parents are going to be open to them and they don't have time for, you know, we're still going to have our everyday people. And there's, you know, we still have, um, there's people who are here that are looking to, you know, grow, to um, learn all of that kind of stuff to evolve. And then there's people that are here that maybe choose not to. And they're, they're, uh, I call them the five o'clock world. They're they're just you know it's it's that focus is, um, they maybe don't have that much of a connection to anything above and beyond. Uh, maybe consider themselves or call themselves something like rational type of thing, and they get their job and they go to work and they come home and they you know and that's it. There's no interest in anything else. And because of this, if their child says you know I want to pursue. Um, I don't know, Buddhist studies, or I want to go to yoga and they're two years old or, and these kids, boy, they are super smart and they seem to just know things already when mm-hmm. they come through. Yeah. And so they need certain parents is really yeah. the way that I put that. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, myself, so I'm, I'm an indigo, which basically indigo uh, beings came through to help break down all of the, um, you know, structures that we had that were just not helpful anymore. And, you know, like uh, organized religion that, you know, was just not helpful to people or, you know, let's put it that way. And and things like that, the, the old, you know, break it down so we could bring in this newer energy, you know, that was part of it. Well, my, my family was definitely not about education. And um, my parents actually got annoyed. They got mad about people getting um, advanced education. And uh, so I ended up going to university down the line after I cleared that, you know, whole uh, part of my life. But the Pink Starlights can't have that. They don't have to get a college or university education, but they have to be able to if they want to. Mm. They have to be able to have access to spiritual things if they want that. Um, they can't be shut down. So a lot of kids you've seen, you know, over the years or people have been shut down and they're open and they, maybe they see auras or they um, can sense when people are lying or, or whatever that might be. And then they get shut down. So that's really the thing with the pink starlights is their, their purpose. They need to get here. They need to have a supportive environment. They need to have access to whatever it is that they need. And that's part of the journey that the parents go through is they may not have gone to hypnosis or they may not have gone, um, you know, to acupuncture or done Thai massage or done anything like that had they not had the fertility Mm. struggle. And even folks are spiritual to start with, perhaps, but they needed to go further before bringing the pink starlights in. So that's, that's that's really their thing, is to help with a certain vibrational frequency and to have access so that, sometimes it feels like we just keep replacing the same people with the same people and we keep having the same, uh, you know, there's a lot of volatility right now. There's a lot of fear. 
there's a lot of really ick yes. energy. Yes. And, you know, the, the pink starlights really want to help take that down. Like they really want it so that there won't be those people to replace mm. each other, if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah. So that the people who are going to be in charge of caring for the environment will care for the environment. The people who are going to be, you know, I see this all the time because it just bugs me, but nobody on this world should be starving. Nobody. There's plenty. And the reason that that's going on, I mean, well, I mean, it pretty much goes without saying, doesn't it? I mean, there's just so much greed and so much, I don't know, control and and just so much. It's almost beyond words. And so yeah, Pink Starlights yeah. are helping us to shift that as well, because it's been going on for, you know, millennia, right? Oh, yes. I mean, I am totally ready for a big shift of energy where, where, I mean, it always seems personally to me, like, you know, we hear the good and evil and, you know, good will kind of grow a little bigger than evil and then evil will come back and grow a little bigger than good. And, and, or there's this constant sort of interplay between the two. I love the idea of greater good than evil. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that that's a beautiful vision. So I'm a hundred percent on board for <laughs> more of that coming our way. Absolutely. Um, and I appreciate that because I think the more that we envision that there are children that are being born that are here to help us, that that's really a positive message. I mean, cause sometimes it's easy to look at the world and go, well, what hope is there? Like, where are we headed? You know, so I think it's really important that we have this vision for something greater and more harmonious. So that's amazing, Lindsay. What What do you feel like is um, your next step in your journey other than doing what you're doing? I'm not trying to allude that you need to have another step or that you need to... <laughs> But what, where, where are you feeling called toward lately? What, where is your mission pulling you? Well, it's funny because um, I joke that these babies are bossy. And so if, if you think you're asking the question, um, you know, they're probably whispering in your ear. <laughs> and uh, they definitely have um, a big purpose and they're a big energy. And when I do describe them, I don't mean that they're, you know, just... Um, you know, little floaty fairies or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like people like to think um, sometimes like just uh, love, 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 but no, um, nothing else. But this is very balanced. This is very like grounded and it is very much like they're going to be a part of the world. And, um, you know, they're, they're, um, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's not like they're going to be sitting around like um, floating on a cloud kind of thing, right? They'll be very grounded and very, uh, they'll participate very much in the world. They really want me to get them out there. And um, so that has, you know, a lot of what I've been doing has shifted to that because some folks, you know, some, some people are destined to be pink starlight parents and some are destined to work with the pink starlights and maybe help them to get through as well. There's definitely there. So there are a lot of people out that do spirit baby readings and we didn't used to have that. We used to have, you know, somebody maybe went to a psychic and they said, Oh, a psychic told me I'd have two boys and a girl. And 
you know, over the last few years, people have actually become specialists in that. And it's pretty fascinating, really, really interesting. And so they do tend to talk about different um, babies or cohorts, if you want, you know, um, that and different uh, reasons babies are coming through and that kind of thing. So, um, so the pink starlights, you know, they really want me to get their information out and part of what they're doing is as there's an awareness of them, that's going to help lift that vibration. Mm. That's going to help. We have to cleanse and clear what's been going on for the last few years, especially. Mm. We have to get yeah. that balance yeah. right now. And we have to, you know, help save and heal. They're, they're um, high-level healers, too. So they're coming in to help people be the best people they can be and help us, you know, with the planet and just all of that. Good point, Lindsay. When I think about my own kids, um, some days I think they're pink starlight children and other days <laughs> I'm like, definitely not. But the, the days that I think definitely not are the days they challenge me, which probably is an indication that they are pink starlight children because the whole element of having parents and having children and challenging our parents and being challenged by our children is that growth process and to stifle them and to say, no, you can't do that. Or I had a recent experience lately where I was so humbled by what my daughter did and what's happening. And I'm just amazed at it, you know, just be able to sit back and go, wow, that's so cool that this is happening. So, and, and just that growth process that's occurring is amazing. So I agree. And I like the idea that you said about that. There's people that are, helping the parents that have children that need help and or need to be listened to and supported and given the space for them to grow. I like the idea of thinking about all the children that are being diagnosed as having this disease or that disease or this um, personality disorder or that personality disorder, being put on this medication, that medication, that if we could somehow listen to them and create an environment where we're supportive of whatever they're going through, that's a really incredible mission too. And I really like that idea of that. Um, I mean, I, I'm doing my best I can with my own children, but to think about the people that really want to have children, if they can find value in knowing that they can be of support, um, I think is a really positive message as well. Um, Ooh, you got me thinking. I mean, for sure. <laughs> what um, what they want. I, <laughs> when I when I had mentioned to you um that I hope that you had an hour for us to speak, and you said, "Well, I always clear my schedule because <laughs> all sorts of things will come up." But um, I really do appreciate you taking this much time to chat with me today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners in terms of it can be something that you're offering if, if it's something or a way that you can, they can contact you or if it's more of just a um, message that you'd like to share? Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Wow. Well, um, so much. And if the pink starlights had their way, they'd hijack your show. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, definitely with the parenting, they really do like people to know their need, that the babies need structure or the kids need structure. So it's awesome to listen to them and, you know, be able to be able to support them and then also to help them to have structure because they're so kind of like big in terms of energy, but they're still children. 
And they don't necessarily like that sometimes. So, um, but we do still have to make sure they can have some kind of stability or structure. So I think that's important for people. I'm, they, I think they, it seems like they're guiding me to do a little bit more with Pink Starlight Parenting. And I think to help people identify that, oh, wow, I'm, I think I have a Pink Starlight or I have Pink Starlights or I'm working with Pink Starlights because part of that might be too, is people are doing work but they don't realize that it's the pink starlights. And then having that information is, is eye-opening mm. or helps them to get, yeah. you know, to another, um, another level. So I think that's important for people to know. Um, as far as offerings, I, um, I have three different group um, online groups, I guess you could say for, to help people. Cause like I do work with people one-on-one, but I can only see so many, so I do have some to meet the pink starlights, you know, and I have one for three keys to conception and one for hypnofertility. Um, nice. Yeah. And then I have and obviously, book. obviously we can share those links in the description sure. below. So that'll be really easy for people to find those. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Cool. Yes. Of course. And this way, hopefully and get these, these pink starlights, the, um, the recognition they want. <laughs> That's amazing. Lindsay. I, well, I'm in full support. So you, you, you got me. <laughs> and uh, for everyone listening, uh, this is the first time that uh, we did this over Zoom, Lindsay. So this will also be available for people to watch and I'll upload it onto our YouTube channel at Native Yoga Center. So um, that, of course, will be in the description below. But if people, if you enjoy watching as well as hearing, I love the audio part because I can still cook and clean and walk my dog and do all the things I need to do while I'm listening to my podcast. And, <laughs> and at the same time, I, I love the fact that I was able to see you and uh, facial expression is amazing. And uh, so I really enjoyed this opportunity, Lindsay, and thank you so much. And um, I can't wait to talk to you again and see where the, where your journey's taking you. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Todd. This has just been such a pleasure. I just appreciate you so much and all that you're helping put into the world. It's just fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lindsay. Well, I'll stay in touch with you. Okay. Right. Thank you, Todd. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is Dreamed Up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review and join us next time.